This episode is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie is the best way to bet on sports. And if you're not betting on sports, start betting on sports. You heard it from me. Why not do it? Uh, MyBookie has the most lines, best odds, fastest payouts of any online sports book. And right now, they will gift you from the kind, generous part of their hearts as a company. If companies have hearts, I don't know. Or the, you know, whatever the internal organ structure of an online sports book may be. They will give you, out of the generosity of their that concept, 50% of your initial deposit for free, uh, meaning if you put down $100, they're going to just give you 50 To get that, you have to go to mybookie.ag and enter the promo code THPN. mybookie.ag, THPN's the promo code. Mybookie, you bet, you win, you get paid. Enjoy the episode. What's up, Siren Signer Podcast here, Hockey Podcast Network. It's me, Zach, your host, as always. Uh, it's another Thursday. Here we are. What a, what a great intro from yours truly. Hurricane's making a splash in the trade market. Uh, not really, though. It's more like a uh, whatever, whatever you want to coin the term of what happens when you toss a pebble in a, uh, in a puddle. That's, that's how big the trade was. Uh, it was a prospect swap, Julian Gauthier, for Joey Keane. Um, and if you keep listening to this show for long enough, you're going to get to hear uh, a little conversation between myself and the hosts of the Broadway Boys podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network who represent the New York Rangers. So you get their thoughts on the trade. Uh, you know, you get my thoughts as well via them asking me questions about it and uh, kind of get a rundown on Joey Keane and, and kind of what the, uh, what the I, I don't know what the words I'm looking for, what they thought of him as a prospect, basically. So if you're like, who is Joey Keane? What is this guy? You get a little bit of insight. Uh, Andy Hammond is the guy over there that pays attention to the prospects, and he's a smart guy, so listen to him. Stay tuned for the end of this one to hear that. Uh, I spoke to Andy and James. Great guys. Go check out their podcast, Broadway Boys Podcast, on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, and yeah, cool. So we'll get to that. So if you're like, oh, no, 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 I'm talking about the tree, we'll get to it. All right. Calm down. Be patient. And also maybe like go to a doctor for whatever sort of impediment I just, you know, <laughs> vocalized there. Uh, what else happened? The Hurricanes defeated the Nashville Predators, um, on, uh, Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. And that was probably the best game that they've played. I mean, I don't know about all season because I can't remember all the games currently, but it was definitely the best game they've played in months. Uh, Most complete. They just dominated, man. And Nashville didn't even play terrible. Uh, The Hurricanes were just much better. And from the net out, I mean, Mrazek was great. The defense was great. There was no issue at all with... uh, with guys having too much trouble getting the puck out of their zone. Not at all. It was it was perfect. It was easy. You know, there was a few shifts where they uh, got stuck there, but that's going to happen, especially when there's guys like Philip Forsberg and Victor Arvidsson, etc., uh, playing against you and like a Roman Yossi on the point. Uh, you know, you, they're going to get their chances too. They're a good team, and, and they're trying to win the game also, and they get paid millions of dollars to uh, hold that puck in your zone. So they're going to do it sometimes. But you can't let them do it more than you. <laughs> and the Hurricanes really just, I mean, what can I say? We'll go line by line here. Aho, Svechnikov, Teravainen. I mean, every everything they've been and more. Aho just continues his tear. He's got 34 goals now. Insane. Svechnikov's got like points in his last eight. Aho's got points in his last ten. Teravainen is just Teravainen. Silently just being fantastic as always. He made several good, really, really good defensive plays as well. That that block shot was great. Um, you go to the Stahl Fogel Williams line. I thought that they all played really well. Uh, Justin Williams kind of brings out that desperate uh, style 
and Fogel's got the energy to to force the turnovers, and and Stahl is just a big body who moves things and and stands in the right spots and isn't going to be moved. And hey, old Stonehands McGee potted himself a goal, so that was great to see uh, on a great play by Fogel and Williams to get the puck out front, and Jordan Stahl capitalizes on that little one-timer out in front. So that was great to see. Uh, and also, of course, did a, spent most of their time in the offensive zone. So that's all you can ask for out of a out of what is really a, a checking, grinding line. Um, then we move to the Hall of Niederreiter Dezingle, or sorry, Natchez line, not Dezingle. Um, and I like this line. I think that this line might be able to uh, recuperate the kind of... Uh, chemistry I guess that the um that the Hall of Dezingle Natchez line had so you're replacing Ryan Dezingle with Nino Niederreiter uh remember that Nino and and Halla played together in Minnesota so they're familiar with each other uh adding a little bit of chemistry and Halla's played like a million games now with Martin Natchez uh Natchez had a great game uh you know he made a few questionable decisions in the neutral zone uh, but he's always going to make up for that with you know <laughs> really good plays in the offensive zone. He he just drove to the net. You know he was just like a point guard penetrating the zone um, when he on Nino's goal and then just got the puck out in front. Uh, and you know it ends up in front of the net and Nino's there to clean up the garbage. That line played. Uh, you got a dirty goal and it played kind of gritty and I liked it. Uh, I liked seeing it. I think that putting Nino on that line is gives you kind of a body who's. A guy who's not willing to throw his body around a little bit. A guy who's who's willing to go to the dirty areas. Nino Niederreiter will do anything for a goal right now. <laughs> you know, he's not going to be asking for pretty goals. He'll take every every garbage tap-in rebound he can get. So that's good. You need that uh, because it's going to force the rest of the line to kind of adopt that identity. And if they can do that, they're going to be really good. Um, and they were really good last night. They spent almost every shift in the offensive zone, and that was great to see. That is what the Hurricanes have been lacking. You know, this first line of uh, Svechnikov, Aho, and Teravainen has been doing so well since it was put together by uh, Jeff Daniels a few games ago. But the problem had been scoring depth, and it was like, all right, we're are this one line's trying to win us the game, plus whatever our power play can muster up. Um, but it's it's not easy to do that against teams because other teams have several good lines that throw in at you, and if your defense isn't up to the task or your goaltending's not up to the task then you know you're going to lose even though your first line was great. So if the Hurricanes can get that continued dominant performance out of that first line and that de- I mean the way that the stall line and the hollow line played last night if they can even get, you know, 80% of that performance and hold the performance of the uh first line, I mean it's playoffs easy and we're going deep. <laughs> That's everything this team wants to do. Uh, the defense really stepped up and played great. Hayden Fleury has continued to grow and, and play well, and he's getting more minutes because of it. Uh, a lot of hate on Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and I think it's just because everyone needs someone to hate. Uh, you know, the same people who will tell you not to judge Jake Gardner and, and not be so critical of him are ultra-critical of Trevor Van Riemsdyk. So, you know, everybody needs a player to dog on. Everybody has one. Don't lie. If you don't have one, you're, you're lying. You have one in your head. You just haven't ex- uh, explicitly stated it yet. Uh, and it's all good. That's just what being human and being a passionate sports fan is about. Uh, but if we're being th- fair, I think that Van Riemsdyk has been playing well too. I think that he's done absolutely the best he can and is holding his own uh, playing with Jacob Slavin. That's a tall task he's being asked to do. Uh, and I think that he's done just fine. As well as you could reasonably expect him to be able to do. Um, and he's not making you know that, that interception... Who who was that against? Uh, the Oilers? Yeah, that, that turnover in the defensive zone, that was pretty bad. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> stuff like that happens sometimes. And uh, plenty of other players have made those mistakes as well. Um, so, you know, he, he's doing his best, and I think that he's doing just fine. I think Jake Gardner's been so much better. Uh, he's really looking more confident, and that's great to see. And uh, playing with Brett Pesci just makes you 10 times a better defenseman. So... Maybe it was the right move to stick him with Pesci from the start. I was against that. Uh, now I'm for it because I'm here for the Brett Pesci effect and the fact that he just makes everyone he plays with so much better. See Justin Falk last year uh, and Jake Gardner this year so far. And then Edmondson and Flurry, like I said, I think Flurry's been playing well. Edmondson's been been fine. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of he's kind of dropped off his defensive play a little bit. He's he looks to be suited more as a third pair guy, and he's and he's doing fine. Um, you know, makes his mistakes every now and then 
takes a penalty every now and then. But all in all, I'm fine with what he's done. Uh, and then the goaltending. Remember how we, everyone was saying uh, we needed to ditch Morazic and, and something had to be done and we needed to trade for a better goalie. And then look what he's done the last three games or two games or whatever it's been. So we're going to flip that script now. Or are we going to calm down and, and make judgments in like, I don't know, 10 game <laughs> segments? Everybody, it's every night. I mean, if Morazic turned around on, on uh, tomorrow against the Rangers and played and had a bad game, it would be, we would be right back to, see, I told you when, you know, three days ago we were saying, wow, yeah, Morazic is doing great. Keep him. <laughs> so just chill, you know, make, make, have more sample size when you make an evidence-based claim. Just in general, in life. Uh, goaltending has been fine. Uh, you'd love, you'd always love more out of those guys. Always. You always take more goaltending, but I think that they've done everything they can to keep the Hurricanes in games, and it definitely hasn't been the goalies' fault almost at all this year, I don't think. You know, if the goalies had an off night, it was it was <laughs> also the case that usually the team had an off night, so it lined up nicely. You know, if, you, if your team's going to throw a clunker out in front of you, you might as well have your bad game too and then not have your bad game when the rest of the team's playing well. That's what used to happen in the Hurricanes. Team would be playing great, and then just a deflating goal would get left let in, and it would be like, well, here we go again. And you can't have that. So I don't think the Hurricanes have had that this year. That's good. Uh, and then this little trade deadline is a coming up, and uh, the Hurricanes made that prospect swap, but still looking for a defenseman. Um, you'll hear me talk about this with the Broadway boys guys. Uh, I guess I could have just said the Broadway boys, huh, and left it at that. But, uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of the market out there is rentals. I don't think the Hurricanes are interested in a rental. I don't think that, you know, it, I don't think that that's a bad philosophy to not really ever be interested in rentals because it's not a good investment. <laughs> it's just not. Uh, you know, you, you're doing it hoping that you win a championship with it. And the, the fact of the matter is that you almost always don't. <laughs> so it doesn't usually end up working out too well for you unless you're going to uh, get a player with term. So the Hurricanes are definitely looking for a defenseman with term. Uh, there's not a whole lot out there. I think that, that teams are willing to give up. You know, we've mentioned those Minnesota guys, and I don't think that they're really super willing to part ways with them, and they're probably going to require a lot back for a guy like that, a guy like a Dumba or a Brodeen. And uh, those are probably the Hurricanes' best options, those those sort of guys. I mean, Brodeen is a fantastic defensive player. He would, he would be exactly what the Hurricanes need, but they'd have to give up a lot for him. And they, you know, it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be worth it. They'd just be sacrificed. Now they'd have a, open a hole somewhere else. They're trying to complete. I don't think the the Wild are looking for just you know a prospect or two for a guy like that. They're looking for you know give me someone who can make a difference now and in the future. So um, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. But don't be mark my words on this. Don't be surprised if uh, if nothing happens. If we get to the trade deadline and the roster is the same as it is today. Do not be surprised. I didn't say you couldn't be upset about it. I didn't say you couldn't make whatever judgment call you wanted. All I'm saying is don't be surprised because you heard it here first. Um, and who freaking called Julian Gauthier was going to get traded, man? I'm not trying to be happy about it. I'm just tooting my horn here, man. I called that crap. Who called that Lucas Walmark was going to be an everyday NHL player putting up, you know, 10, 15 goals a year two years ago when he was coming up for like six games in the season? I did, this man here, and you weren't around for that, but people in my personal life were, and they didn't believe me. So there you go, people in my personal life. You know who you are, and you were wrong, and I was right, and that's how it usually goes, so you should be used to it by now. Um, I got people on Twitter. I I tweeted something about some of y'all think that uh, Julian Gauthier is way better than he is, and it was mostly a joke. Hey, look, it's Twitter. I'm joking almost 24-7. I'm not saying super, super serious things most of the time on there. If I am, it's pretty clear. It's usually like a fact or something. Most of the time, I'm just throwing out opinions, man, left and right. I'll throw opinions at a wall and see what sticks. They're not even good opinions a lot of the time. I don't know why you follow me if you do. Uh, But I tweeted that out, and most of the people just took it for what it was, or either they were like, yeah, I agree, or they were like, ha, yeah. I don't know, some people are freaking out, right? Because the fact is, some of y'all freaked out about that trade like we just traded... Martin Natchez like we didn't you know uh the guy had never proven that he was going to be an everyday NHL guy uh doesn't mean he won't be 
But people were acting like, you know, he was a future first liner guaranteed and we just gave him away. Like, no, I don't think so. I'm sure a lot of New York Rangers fans thought that about Alexi Sarla when they traded him for uh, Eric Stahl back in the day. And look where that ended up. So you never know with these things. You never know. We all thought Valentin Zikov was going to be a, a great uh, NHL player. And, and look what happened. You just don't know. So stop pretending like you have this magical crystal ball. You don't. Some Rangers fan was like, oh, well, stop trying to always be right about everything. Or he said, I forget what he said. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go pull it up because I laugh. Oh, here it is. He said, hop off your high horse and stop acting. Actually, he said, hop off your high horse in a New York accent, probably tweeted in a New York accent, and stop acting like you know everything. We will see how the move works when both kids play in the show. And I responded and said, who said I was acting? I'm not acting like I know everything. I know everything. I'm an omniscient Twitter account. I'm aware of all things. Um, but yeah, of course. Of course. You can't judge that trade until they both play. Uh, I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen, you know? I'm just me. Again, why are you even paying attention to me? I'm just a guy, you know? Like, uh, don't don't respond to me. <laughs> don't Don't offer criticism on my thoughts because I'm just some guy. If you were riding the bus and some guy just said something, are you the type of person that just goes, um, actually, random guy who is just a guy, uh, this is what it actually is. And he goes, oh, okay, uh, I don't know you. And uh, somebody's peeing in the corner over there, so there's more important things going on than you judging my opinions. But that's just that. Uh, all right, well, we've had enough nonsense. I think you've had your fill. And now it's time to talk about real things with, with actual people. <laughs> so uh, I hope that you enjoy this little conversation with Andy and James from the Broadway Boys podcast. We talked about a bunch of stuff regarding the Hurricanes, the Rangers, comparing the situations, uh, and got some kind of uh, insight into that trade deal. So, without further ado, enjoy. So, I don't know about you guys, but uh, this trade really uh, took me by surprise because this time of year, you're, you kind of think you're going to see more trades that are geared towards teams' uh, postseason hopes, either trying to make it or selling the farm. So it's kind of strange to see uh, in the interim a trade that doesn't really have too many ramifications for the right now, but more for the future. So, uh, Zach, uh, where were you when you heard about this trade, and what were your initial thoughts upon hearing uh, the news of uh, the Gautier for Keen one-for-one? Uh, I was at home for lunch and, uh, I saw it. I don't remember whether it was my friends texting it to me or just checking Twitter, whatever the case may be. Um, to be honest with you, I, Julian Gauthier was a super popular, uh, prospect in the Hurricanes fan base world. Uh, and I don't, I've always kind of like mostly kept this opinion to myself, but also made it somewhat known that I, I thought that they were and probably should trade him for like the last I don't know six months or so that's kind of been my thought so I was a lot less surprised than I think most of the Hurricanes world was I think it came as a shock to a lot of people because like you said it's just kind of an odd a prospect swap right it's 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 not necessarily expected and it, it seems like kind of a weird deal for a trade deadline time um but I mean I think it I think it kind of makes sense at least from the Hurricanes end I, I'm again you guys know way more I feel like both of us know way more about our respective prospects than the other so it's hard to kind of judge from that point of view because, you know, I don't I don't know a whole lot about Keen. Um, but uh yeah, I, I kinda saw it coming, I guess. I, I feel like maybe the Hurricanes management and and me think the same when it comes to Julian Gautier. Yeah, well the funny thing is that I look at Gautier and I obviously as soon as the trade went down, James and I did our respective homework on, you know, what exactly the Rangers were getting. And obviously we heard the comments where there was little things where uh, perhaps Rod thought he didn't utilize his teammates well enough or share the puck or, yeah, or just maybe thinking the game at the NHL level. But I mean, it does seem that David Quinn and the Rangers do seem to play a little bit more, at least for the style they want to play. It's a little bit more meat and potatoes. So he does seem to suit uh, what David Quinn would probably want to do. And I mean, also for the most part, it seems like if you look at uh, in terms of dealing from a position of strength uh, to address a weakness, that's definitely something the Rangers have lacked in terms of uh, 
some, yeah, some big bodied wingers and they, you know, they have Vitaly Kravtsov and Kako who have graduated almost immediately, but they're more finesse players at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, he really does feel, especially if Chris Kreider is going to get uh, right. moved out. So, you know, for at least for the, I'm sure, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in a few moments, but from a perspective of, you know, the, the log jam the Rangers seem to have on, uh, you know, with their right-handed, right-pairing defensemen, it seems that it made sense because it, uh, Joey would have a hard time despite the, the outstanding rookie year in the AHL he's having cracking that right side with Truba Fox and D'Angelo for the moment being. But, you know, when I look at um, Carolina's defensive depth, it seems like, especially when, you know, I know he plays on the other side, but it seems like with the, when you have guys like Jake Bean who are also kind of a little overripe in the system, it seems like you guys almost have uh, a similar thing going on in terms of you have so much defensive depth right now. It's hard for guys to um, to break into the the main roster. So can you tell us what you think, what, what do you think the, the impetus really is, maybe besides doubts about the player in terms of, uh, adding to an already pretty deep defensive core for uh, Carolina. So I think that the, I mean, it depends on what you mean by depth. I think that the Hurricanes have plenty of depth at the AHL level, like in the prospect world for um, defensemen. You know, they've got Jake Bean, they've got Keen now, they've got um, Chase Prisky, they've got uh, Roland McEwen, they've got, you know, they've they've got Jesper Selgren. They've got a lot of guys who... Um, have plenty of potential, and, and Anthony Honka in a few years. Um, you know, plenty of guys that have potential to become AHL players. But to me, that's just what prospects are. They're, it's potential. Um, and I think a lot of times we, we look at prospects like they're guaranteed. Uh, and the fact is that, I mean, how many first-round picks have you guys seen not pan out or not make it to the everyday NHL level, right? It happens all the time. Um, so I think that the Hurricanes have a lot of that depth at the prospect level. I, I disagree with most people when they say, I think it's kind of a mirage around the league that the Hurricanes have an incredibly deep um, defensive you know, defensive depth at the NHL level. I think that that was more the case last year uh, when they had Justin Falk having probably one of the best years he's had for the Hurricanes and Calvin DeHaan on the roster as well. Um you know, I think that the Hurricanes right now, especially with Dougie Hamilton out, need a, a second pair defenseman badly uh, to kind of help their playoff push and any sort of playoff hopes of going anywhere. Um, so, you know, I kind of feel like the defensive depth is, is somewhat of a mirage around the league and that I guess their thought is, you know, if, if we need to replace guys eventually or we hope that we can get more defensemen out of our uh, farm team to just load up and, you know, shoot a shotgun at the prospects and see, you know, which one hits. Um, I also think it had a lot to do with the fact that uh, Gautier is kind of, you know, aging as far as his contract goes, and he's going to become waiver eligible. Um, So I think that their thought was, I don't see this kid cracking the roster, and if we do call him up, he's going to get claimed on waiver. So, like, maybe let's get something for him and refresh our prospect pool with another high-end prospect that has a little more time to cook down there. Well, that's an excellent point. Um, you know, uh, Joey Keane is two years younger than uh, Gautier at this moment in time, and he's still, uh, yeah, he will come with Seattle entering the league. Uh, he will be uh, exempt from the expansion draft. So, yeah, yeah you, those are good points, Zach. Um, for Rangers fans who are maybe not super familiar with the player, what can you tell us about uh, Julian Gautier? Uh, he's a big body. His family is like all bodybuilders uh, and they're all I mean he's a he's a big guy for his age um, definitely fully mature physically uh, he's got some uh, some skating ability he's he's a really power forward type player uh, and at the AHL level I mean he's just dominated especially this year uh, but last year he he you know had a shaky season that in stretches would be you know just dominant and he tied that into the end of the season last year and this year he's just been a beast at the AHL level. Um, we saw him in, in the preseason this year in training camp, and he had a great camp. Uh, most people penciled him into the roster, um, and it just came down to the Hurricanes were pretty deep at the forward position with a guy like Martin Natchez. Uh, you know, the team really wanted to get him up to the big leagues, and, I mean, with the season he's having, I'm going to say that they probably got that one right. Uh, and it just seemed like there was not really a great spot for Gautier, and they were just going to let him continue to learn and grow his game at the AHL level. Um, we've seen him get called up to the NHL level now, 
and play a few games in the regular season. Uh, and he didn't get a ton of minutes. To be honest, his his definite needs to work on category would be his defensive game and his uh, you know just neutral zone, making smart plays through the neutral zone. He's got good offensive ability, but at the NHL level, you know it's so much faster than the AHL and. Uh, it's so much easier to to screw up and not get a puck deep in the neutral zone, and it costs you on your other end. So that's kind of a lot of what was happening to him at the NHL level in his short stint of kind of being an injury replacement earlier this year. And so I think that that's, you know, you hear a lot of these, oh, I don't think he gelled with the coach. I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I think a lot of people just immediately assume that with Brendan Moore because he's very uh, he's very picky, if you will, about like his style of play and not deviating from it. And so it, it like you heard that with Eric Halla a few weeks ago, right? He got scratched for a game because, you know, the Hurricanes had 13 good NHL-level forwards and they were rotating guys out. Halla hadn't been playing great, so he sat just like, you know, the three other guys before him had sat. Um, and everybody turned it into, oh, they Brendan Moore must hate him and, and he doesn't like Brendan Moore and he wants out. And, like, I, I think that was supremely over-dramatized. Um, it's just that, you know, Rod Brindamore knows what wins games, and uh, he's not going to deviate from his style. So if you can't fit into it, you're just not going to get as much playing time. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that Gautier is maybe better suited in a different system. I, 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 I think that he can do well with the Rangers, and I hope he does. You know, I'm not, it's, it's not like I'm sitting here rooting for the kid to do poorly. Uh, I hope he does great. You know, I, I wish him all the best. Um, but I was starting to kind of get glimpses of a guy who was really kind of on that teetering on the edge of, okay, are you going to become an everyday NHL player or are you just going to be labeled with the great in the AHL, can't crack an NHL roster? Which, you, you know, you see a lot of guys do that and sometimes it's confusing because of how good they are at the AHL level. But um, he's, kind of, he's kind of at a uh, crossroads in his career here. So we'll see what he can do with the Rangers. But uh, I think, you know, at best... He sticks around as an everyday NHLer and can be. A, I see him being a really good like third line depth scorer on a good team. So you know, if if you're in a rebuilding team or whatever the case may be, you know he could play top six. But uh, I think that his defensive woes, you know, can hurt at times until he kind of adjusts to that, which obviously takes time in a league that, at, like the NHL. So, well, I th- I personally think he's going to fit perfect with the Rangers after everything you just said. Uh, the Rangers are, you know, again, they're rude building and they're basically taking these young kids and, and molding them into, you know, NHL uh, ready players. And I think it's a good move for the Rangers overall. Um, my question for you, though, going forward is, is Joey Keane someone that you see as maybe playing right away and cracking the lineup this year? Or do you think this is a long term move? Uh, maybe uh, a move is made again for Carolina in terms of defense, and then he gets called up next year. Um, how do you see this playing out? Because I know Andy is kind of our uh, prospect guy, and he knows a ton about Joey Keane, and he kind of buttered him up all year long with me. And and I'll be honest, I, I almost spit out my lunch when, when Andy <laughs> broke the news, gone. news to me at the diner. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm a little sad right now, but uh, everything that you told me sounds like this kid you know, will fit really well with New York. I'm just curious to see, you know, what Carolina's thought process is with Keen moving forward. Uh, my guess would be no. I don't see him cracking the roster right away. Um, you know, the Hurricanes have six guys that I feel like right now uh, they're happy with and and are getting it done well enough. It's just it's it's a weird stretch. It's a difference between the two teams, right? <clears throat> I mean, absolutely no disrespect to the Rangers. They're obviously still a good team, and if they were in a different conference or division, they'd probably be in a much better position. But uh, you know, at this point in the season, the playoff hopes are are definitely fading, and so it's a team that when you kind of understand that you're rebuilding and you're not you're not at the level that your goal is to be, you know, you're building to get there still, that you kind of you play around with your roster, right? And you you tend to be able to give, you know, prospects more of a chance to kind of have a tryout during the regular season. When you're fighting every day, falling in and out of the wild card spot and up and down and you know two points out of third and uh, a few points behind second, but also three points, you know, from 10th in the conference. I mean, it's just a wild race. You can't really, you got to kind of stick with what's proven, right? So I think it's hard to just kind of give a prospect a chance, especially a defenseman. You know, there's only six of them. It's kind of more of an important position when you're in that spot. So for that reason, unless there's injuries, I don't think that, uh, 
we would see Joey Keane called up to the Hurricanes roster. Uh, and, you know, if there are injuries, I I think it would probably be Jake Bean first just because the Hurricanes obviously see him every day in their system. Um, and he's definitely earned his shot and has played at the NHL level with them some, so they know what they're getting. But uh, I think it's just Keane's just another talented uh, right-handed defenseman, which you can't ever have enough of, um, to join the system, and he'll get every chance in training camp next year. And, you know, maybe he surprises some people and cracks the roster then, but unless there's real injury problems, which I really hope there aren't because we've had enough <laughs> of those with our best defensemen getting uh, injured long-term, uh, I don't I don't see him cracking the roster this year. I think it is more of a uh, a depth move, and like I said, just more longevity out of a prospect. You'll have him in your system for longer. It does seem like Carolina has been pretty prescient in terms of moving on from guys that maybe they didn't see what they needed to out of. I mean, I do I do remember well. I a I remember uh, you know Alexei Sorella going to Carolina in exchange for Eric Stahl many moons ago, which was. Yep. A horrible move, not only in hindsight but in foresight. You know, I still, I still didn't understand it, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it was they, they, you know, they made the the wise choice to move on from him. Although it seems like he had a whole myriad of other problems as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was Valentin Zykov, a, a Kane's prospect. Mm-hmm. Am I getting that wrong? Yep. Yeah, and they moved yep. on from him. And both guys have shown that they ultimately don't seem to be NHL players. So they're two for two in that regard. So obviously. Uh, as a Rangers fan, I do have a little pause, but you know, it's I think f- funnily enough with Joey going going into this season, uh, my questions were kind of similar about some of the things I've I've read and heard about Gauthier and that he his uh, sk- skating ability is a plus skill for him. He's an elite skater. Uh, he has I think elite uh, lateral mo- uh, mobility. His ability to his recoverability is excellent. Uh, you know, his maybe his hands are average to below average is puck his ability to move the puck is uh yeah he, it's he's just it's, i think it's average but it's really that skating ability that had been a hallmark of him with uh, in junior uh but this year he seems to he does i do believe he thinks the game better than i really give I gave him credit for going to this year because he he did really surprise me he makes the ahl all-star game the numbers he's putting up um they're really and you can see that it's really not so much of a fluke and that he's putting himself in good positions. He's shooting the puck. Um, and yeah, it's just, he's, you know, I, I just, his development really has surprised me this year, but you know, at the end to your point earlier, what, what you were saying is that at the end of the day, these are prospects and they are ultimately there similar to draft picks until you have extended viewings at the NHL level. They're, they're essentially lotto tickets. You don't know what you're going to get. They might, stabilize at some point keen you know his uh skating ability and it might buy him more time and space than he needs to think the game until or like Gauthier until you get up to the NHL level where everything's a little the parity's a little bit greater and then your plus skills all of a sudden kind of get leveled off with other guys so right. uh, I do think it's interesting for both teams to see what uh, how it looks uh from here especially considering we play you guys on Friday yeah. and it looks like <laughs> it looks like uh, Gauthier will be in the lineup so I mean that'll be very interesting. So you know to trade a to trade a, a guy who wasn't getting a who couldn't crack your lineup to a team that you're facing two days with the, the possibility of him being in the lineup for said team is uh, yeah it's it's pretty yeah it's it's definitely a, a kind of juicy in terms of something like I said this is a trade that you probably this time of year everyone's focused more on uh, what trades for what they're either their postseason run or or just to set them up for you know, the, the summer, but to see two teams making a trade, that's more for the ramifications down the road this time. It's yeah, it's especially, but with prospects that are, have this, uh, you know, maybe not, they're not elite prospects, but they have pretty, uh, good pedigrees between the two of them. So definitely surprising. Um, Zach, I did want to ask you now that this is out of the way, uh, in terms of moves for, uh, as you guys make your push for the playoffs, is there, any other moves that you think it behooves uh, Carolina to make or anyone that is on their radar for maybe fans of the Rangers or even Carolina fans who aren't uh, aware of what the, of, yeah, of what uh, Carolina is thinking about uh, needs they need to address or do you think they stand pat? Uh, I mean, I could definitely see them not doing anything. Um, and that's because I feel like the ma- the majority of the market out there for what they need is a defenseman, really. Um, I mean, they would take a they would take a Ford if the deal made sense, but um, I don't know that there's any. They don't want a rental. 
And you hear you hear a lot of this across the league, and it's just like everything always comes back to Tom Dundon because he's just this guy that does things differently, and there's just always a, everything everything that the Hurricanes are deciding to do always gets painted under the narrative of, well, Dundon doesn't like this, Dundon doesn't like that. <laughs> well, the, the the real truth of that matter is that Tom Dundon is a is the businessman, right? He's not a hockey guy. I mean, he's obviously become a hockey guy now, and uh, he's surrounded himself with you know a committee of people who know the game really well and can kind of educate him and advise him on all those decisions. But he is a business guy. And uh, I mean, I think if you were to peek into his bank accounts, you'd probably get the gist that he's a pretty good business guy, right? He knows how to make money. He knows how to grow a company. And and that's what a sports team is, even if we don't think of it like that. It's a brand, right? Um, And the idea to him of spending assets in draft picks and, you know, mortgaging your future for a guy that's going to be on your team for a couple months. I mean, when you think about that from a dollars and cents standpoint, it's it's got to be hard to swallow for the guys that are spending that money. Um, so, you know, I think that there's a lot of teams that are just like, oh, we're hockey people. We just understand that's that's how it goes. And he's like, no, I don't I don't think that makes sense. So I don't I don't think we should do it. And uh, it's kind of like a old school, new school. You know, everybody's just kind of used to, oh, the rental market. And that's what it is. But uh, I've never been super high on the rental market. I think that you know if you're if you're a team that's really really high contender, like you're you're ready to go. I mean, I think back to 2006 when the Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup and they added um, Doug Waite and Mark Recchi. Obviously, those were great, and it's pretty hard to imagine them winning the Stanley Cup without those guys and just what they added. Um, so you know, in that position, it, it makes sense. You're you're really going for it. Um, but you know, you see all these teams giving up a bunch of first rounders and and high draft picks and, and really good prospects for guys that, you know, realistically probably are on their team for 20, 25 games, have to adjust to a new system that takes, you know, five, 10 games. So what are you getting? 10, 15 real games out of them, plus however long you make it in the playoffs. And if you don't win a Stanley Cup, it, it, it kind of wasn't worth it, right? And the reality is that most of the time you don't win the Stanley Cup, right? It's it's not uh, even close to in your favor when you start the playoffs. Even the best team probably has like a 10% chance of doing it. Uh, so I really don't think in the business world it's a great investment, and so I think that that's why the Hurricanes don't really like doing it. Um, so what they're looking for is definitely a defenseman with term, which you know is kind of a thing that a lot of teams don't really want to give up, uh, or if they're in a position to give them up, like you hear a lot of talk in out of Minnesota of like a Jonas Brodeen or a Matt Dumba. Matt Dumba, yeah, yeah, and it's like. Those Minnesota doesn't want to trade those guys. Like obviously they they would do it. Every player's got a price, right? You offer, you know, the Oilers want to throw McDavid over to, for Matt Dumba. They're going to be like, yes, of course, we don't care anymore. We'll trade him for that, <laughs> you know. Um, but in general, like that team doesn't want to trade those guys. They will if you offer them enough. But to me, that drives the cost up enough to where it doesn't become worth it for any teams to throw them off. Or so I think the Hurricanes are kind of stuck in between not wanting to just you know rent a guy. Uh, and mortgage their future draft picks that they really value highly as a as a uh, organization, and you know needing a guy, but maybe not being willing to overpay for him in the with guys with terms. So I, I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird situation. I'm hoping that they can pull something off and bring somebody in because I I truly think they need it to do anything in the playoffs if they can even make it there with how hard the race to get there is. Um, but who knows. It's 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 really a it's a very different trade deadline year for me, like from what I'm used to. Yeah, Zach, I got another question for you too. Going going forward with you know with the trade deadline and and the playoffs coming up, I do think Carolina is one of those teams that is a lock for one of the wild cards. Uh, I'm not sure if you'll creep your way up into you know the top three, but I think you'll definitely find yourself sitting in a wild card spot come the end of the season. That being said. You know, you had an amazing run last year. You knocked off Washington. You knocked off the Islanders, thankfully. And, and you know, you got to the conference finals and you lost to a very good Boston Bruins team to no fault of, you know, the Hurricanes. You just, I think you just lost to a better team overall. I agree. Um, um, and I do think the, you know, the way the standings are right now, I think the, the talent level of a lot of teams that you see, and especially in the wild card, it's kind of an illusion because – our division is the toughest division in hockey. I mean, I mean, just look at the points, uh, look at the standings. I mean, the teams that are favored to win the cup, I think are coming, you know, you know, out of our division. What do you, where, 
like, where do you think Carolina, what do you think the chances of, of Carolina making another run this year, just like they did last year? Um, well, let's see. There's two sides of me. There's the optimistic hurricane side of me that says, of course, this team can do it and they will do it and they're going to do it. And that's what I would love to like just a hundred percent believe. And then there's the rational part of me that breaks this down, you know, from kind of a third party view and realizes that this Hurricanes team this year is is significantly different than the Hurricanes team last year, personnel-wise in general. Like that, they have a lot of new faces. They kind of decided to give up a little bit of defense for some more offense and and add a lot of skill and speed to their forward group, uh, which has worked great at times and then kind of backfired on them at times. They're just they're not nearly as hard to play against as they were last year. Um, they don't have as many guys willing to be you know kind of physical grinders. And that sort of gameplay, which is which is what the playoffs turns into. So it, it really depends to me if if you know the Hurricanes skill wise are good enough to just straight up beat teams with their with their Ford group, um, especially when you know Sebastian Ajo, Tavo Teravainen, and uh, Andrei Svechnikov have just been killing it lately. So if you can get anybody going behind them, you know, and it's not just a one line team, you have a chance to win. So. Uh, I would say that when I think that way, I mean, it makes sense that they could do something similar to uh, last year, but it's going to be tougher, I think. I, I think it's, it, you also have to understand that, I mean, the Hurricanes didn't make the playoffs for, you know, nine seasons in a row, and last year was the first time they made it since then. Uh, Justin Williams was the captain. It's just like the whole fan base re- revitalized around them, and it was just a lot of, there was a lot of emotions, right? And I think that, you know, whether you value that stuff or not, it, it made a difference and it makes you a little more desperate and, and hungry to keep going and, and get as much of that experience as you can. And now that it's the second time around, um, I don't know that you can, anyone could duplicate that experience, right? I mean, you can't just tap into that adrenaline level. It's not the same, right? Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. I could see, I feel like the Hurricanes are either going to lose in the first round or go at least as far as they did last year. It's it's really up in the air, and I think it really also depends on who they play and whether or not that team is more of a grinding team or more of a skill team. Yeah, I mean, and when I look at uh, Carolina on paper, you know, you kind of do see the, you don't want to call it a split, but it's like you see the the melding of the the older core and then the younger core. And I guess the question is, I guess our question for maybe a team that doesn't uh, follow Carolina as closely as you do do you see some scenario in which the the younger, even though you know you have good you know uh, con- contributions from guys like Svechnikov and Aho and Nechas to a lesser extent right now, do you see uh, within maybe the next two seasons this team getting it done with them kind of being not you know they might even they might be the the firepower that uh, Carolina wields, but you know they they are ultimately maybe in terms of the pressure cooker, they're a backseat to, uh, God, I don't even know if he'll, he'll be around, but Justin Williams and Dougie <laughs> Hamilton and jo- uh, Jordan Stahl, and even if guys like Dezingle are still around, or do you think it's going to take uh, the, you know, these guys becoming the, uh, the, the new forefront of the team for them to finally uh, get back to the promised land? I mean, I think they already are the forefront of the team. Um, yeah. I mean, if you if you look at it, it's Sebastian Ajo's got 34 goals now, which is insane. He's on pace to break the Hurricanes franchise rec- re- franchise record for most goals in a season. <sighs> I dropped uh, him in fantasy early this year. He <laughs> yeah, was, he, he, he stunk went, for that first month. I, I mean, know, just, and he's gone off in the last month. Uh, Tavo, yeah, so he's up. got 57 points, 34 goals. Teravainen's got 56 points, and he's got like a trillion assists, which is just what he does. And Andrei Svechnikov's got 55 points as a 19-year-old. Um, so, I mean, they are the Hurricanes' present and future, I think, for sure. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that Justin Williams, you know, he had to decide this year, took him half a season to decide whether he wanted to come back to the NHL or not. So I don't see him, uh, you know, I don't even know if he'll be back next year. Who knows? Uh, then you've got guys like Jordan Stahl that the team, you know, is getting all that they can out of him. He's still a useful player uh, and just a beast of a human honestly he's just a big guy who can just will things his way uh but you know not a lot of skill not a lot of speed and that's being very generous um so I think that yeah they're gonna have to rely on that younger core uh and Dougie Hamilton who is emerging to be you know arguably one of the best I don't think it's really that arguable honestly one you could say one of the best offensive defensemen 
in the league um, with the season he he was having before that injury. So unfortunate. I mean, he could have scored 30 yeah. goals this year. It's insane. Um, so, yeah, they're going to lean on guys like that. Nate, just like you mentioned, is, is having a great year. I see him being a, a key part of their top six going forward. Um, you know, and then the support staff, I would say, would be like uh, Nino Niederreiter. They have him for a little longer. Um, you know, if he can consistently keep generating, you know, 20 goal seasons or so, and they, you know, who knows what happens with like an Eric Halla. I don't know that he'll be around for long. Um, they've got a, they've got a bottom six. That's kind of a hodgepodge of grinders and skill guys that, uh, can hold it down. So I think as long as that top six, you know, if Natchez continues to grow, Svechnikov is going to be an absolute superstar if he's not already. Uh, and we already know what we have in Ajo and Teravine. And so if those guys can continue to produce the way they are, and the younger players just keep getting better, and the defensive prospects come up and and fill out that depth. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think you're looking at a pretty scary team. Yeah, you know, and Zach, just to to get this wrapped up, um, my last question for you is, you know, a guy I've always kind of had my eye on from afar is Alex Nedeljkovic. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I look at his numbers for Charlotte right now, and they're pretty good. You know, that he's a, and you know, I. Uh, I look at it right now with uh, the situation you guys have um, in net. Uh, what did, do you think? What do you think the timetable on Nedeljkovic eventually getting a, a chance or making his way up to uh, the Canes is? Do you think it's something that we could see within the next year or so, or do you think it might be a little bit longer than that? Uh, I think that either one of the Hurricanes' current NHL roster goalies has to get traded, or Ned has to get traded. Um, because if if they continue, okay. and I mean, I've been fine with Morazic and Reimer, and Reimer's been a super pleasant surprise. I mean, he's earning his contract. He was the highest paid goalie coming in, and you're like, is this guy even going to make the team? And he's definitely earned his money. You know, he's he's been worth three and a half million dollars this year, which is awesome to see. Uh, Morazic is, you know. Somewhat inconsistent, but usually good enough to get the job done. And at times, he's really good. Um, so I don't, you know, that's that's why Nedeljkovic is still in the AHL. He's earned every opportunity to, to come up. And, you know, he could very well be on this team. They could put him up there and they wouldn't be any worse for wear at the NHL level. But, you know, it's money. It's money related. He's getting paid 700000 a year. And these guys are getting paid, uh, you know, three to $4 million a year. So you're not going to sit them and play a, a kid who, you know, can get paid, what is it, $90,000 at the AHL level or whatever it is. So it's definitely a political slash money thing is the reason why he's not in the league. Um, and like I said, I, I, you know, I don't see him coming up over those guys on the roster now, but who knows what the Hurricanes are going to do with their goaltending. There's been a lot of kind of rumors and, and ideas of, of moving out, you know, a Morazic or whatever the case may be. Reimer's only under contract through next year, so... Uh, I would love to see Ned at some point. I, I think that he's he's a really talented young goalie. He plays super similar to Peter Morozik, so I don't know that it would be much of a difference of guys playing in front of him. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see what they do with their with their goalie pool. I'm kind of confused. You're not. You don't roster three goalies. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I thought I, don't. I thought every team does that. Yeah. <laughs> We did for a stretch last season um, when we still had Scott Darling on the roster, which were. That's Dark right. Days. I'm glad that that's yeah, not the case that. anymore. All <laughs> right. Well, Zach, this is like I said uh, uh, going into this interview. It's you know very. We were. I think everyone was a little caught off guard, but at the same time, I do when I look at both the Rangers and uh, Carolina, even though maybe they're both in slightly different phases of where they are contention wise, they both do seem to be forward looking for the time being, especially when you consider the prospect pools that both teams have done a pretty good job of amassing over the last few seasons uh and like you said that these are no by no means a sure thing you know so you need as many kicks at whatever as many cans as you can have but mm-hmm. uh i think especially when you look at uh some of teams that are barren right now i mean the rangers used to you know suffer from this uh immensely so it's taken them a few years to get back to a spot where they feel like they can start they're feeling good about how they're setting themselves up for the future so uh yeah, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll end it by saying, uh, you know, we wish here on the Broadway Boys podcast, we best wish the best of luck to you guys. Maybe not on Friday, but uh, <laughs> as you push for the playoffs, uh, best of luck. And yeah, uh, I hopefully uh, we don't have to record another emergency podcast if our teams make a trade uh, anytime soon. But 
yeah, uh, Zach, thank you for coming on, man. Um, if people want to, uh, yeah, if Rangers fans want to take a look at your stuff on Twitter, or how can they find you? Uh, I don't know why you would, but hey, if you do, more power to you. You can follow at SS Kane's podcast on Twitter. Um, and you know, if you want to check out the podcast, it's proudly part of the Hockey Podcast Network, Siren Sounder uh, podcast. Yeah, we're trying to give everyone little bumps. Yeah, you know, not that we have any, cl- not no, we we have any clout to get people bumps, but hey, yeah, every little bit helps. <laughs> yeah, and if any if anyone in the Raleigh area wants to follow us, yes, uh, please. Give we're at at Broadway Boys Pod. Please, we uh, yeah, we have some uh, fun stuff going on. Uh, a lot of cross pollination this time of year with the Hockey Podcast Network. So yeah, uh, hopefully you're listening to all the wonderful podcasts on the network. And uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, and Zach, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. Hope we talk soon. All right, talk to you later. See ya. Okay, well, hope you enjoyed that conversation um, with Andy and James from the Broadway Boys Podcast. Again, follow them at Broadway Boys Pod. Go check out their podcast. Um, It is a good one, and they know their stuff. So, we went long. That's okay. It always happens with guests. It's all good. In the hood. I'm putting this thing on the mic just to be really annoying. I'm not editing it out. <laughs> it's like a ASMR end to the video. Anyway, um, I hope you all have a great weekend and go Canes. We're back in a playoff spot, except I don't 100% know that at the time this came out. Uh, but yeah, we should be anyway, right? Because the Islanders are playing. I don't think uh, Columbus is playing. So cool. Yay. Playoff spot. Woo. All right. Uh, follow at SS Kane's podcast if you're not. Please go rate and review the new feed, Siren Sounder at Kane's podcast. It's part of the Hockey Podcast Network. You know, it's on its own on an individual feed. Go rate and review it. It only has like four. Uh, and I know that there's more of you than that. So please go do that. Prove to the world that people listen to the show. Prove it to me so I don't feel as crazy when I sit here in a room and record by myself. Have a great weekend. I'll be back Monday. 